0: Welcome back to the Parents' Rights in Education podcast. We are a grassroots movement of millions of parents and allies standing together, speaking as one, to protect children and ensure parents' crucial role in their child's education is protected. We come alongside millions of parents and allies and equip them to stand up for their rights by free trainings, membership, and community support. You can join this movement for free by visiting parentsrightsineducation.com. And hey, if you love the work that we're doing, please leave us a five-star review. Your review helps us get out our message and allows us to keep advocating for parents' rights. Thanks so much for being here. Let's get into today's topic. Hey everybody, it's great to be
1: back with you. Oh my goodness, the news. The news is wild this week. Alrighty, the Oregon Senate. They have come up with a bill number 1583. So we're going to call that SB 1583. Now this act does not allow a board or a person to choose or not choose materials that are used in a school when the choice is discrimination. What? Okay, I'm going to explain this to you. It prohibits discrimination when selecting textbooks instructional materials, program materials, or library books that are used in the public schools of Oregon. Textbooks and other instructional materials shall adequately address the roles in and contributions to the economic, political, and social development of Oregon and the United States by men and women who, and they're including all races, disabled, immigrants, refugees, or LGBT. This bill was created to prevent school boards from banning pornographic, sexually explicit content by stating it would discriminate against LGBT people and also race-based instruction. For example, Black Lives Matter and race based on hierarchy. It also declares an emergency. A state of emergency, which means that once passed by the legislature and signed by the governor, voters cannot override the bill by initiative. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later, but it makes my blood boil. So get ready. Now we go to Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, by the way, (laughs) kudos uh, to an interview that I did with um, the television commentator this week. The Parental Bill of Rights which is AB 510, passed by party lines in the assembly. uh, And that was with all Republicans voting in favor and all Democrats voting against, sparked continuing conversation over the need for the bill. Now, it's a parental bill of rights, and it listed in the proposal one of the most notable in the parental rights, which is to opt a child out of a lesson deemed controversial. Now, this bill defines controversial subjects as ones including gender identity, sexual orientation, racial identity, or structural, systemic, and institutional racism. Now, I spoke out in favor of the bill. And I said, beginning in kindergarten, students are being taught controversial subjects that parents are uncomfortable with, and they don't want their kids learning about certain things. Boy, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Now, the argument against was from John McCrae Jones for the American Civil Liberties Union. And he said censoring topics in schools only protects the status quo, not the students. Well, did you catch that? McRae uses the term status quo to define family values in a negative way he's saying status quo is a bad thing. And he's clearly saying that students have a right to information their parents object to. No way. Next, Washington, D.C. On Friday, America First Legal or AFL filed a preliminary injunction in its lawsuit against Pine Richland School District regarding its radical and unconstitutional policy that keeps children's gender identity secret from parents and provides children with a secret gender transition team made up of school officials, including the school nurse, the school psychologist, and principal, who will assist students in developing a plan to transition their gender. So parents, not woke school bureaucrats, should have full control when it comes to raising their children and protecting them from the harmful social contagion, fiction known as gender transitioning. AFL is proud to file this preliminary injunction to stop the school district from any further indoctrination as the lawsuit proceeds in court. Gene Hamilton of ASL states the Arrogance, and I love that term arrogance, that's exactly what it is, of the school district is stunning and frightening. It has told parents point blank that they have no rights, and it has adopted a policy that says the school district, not parents, knows what is best for children. Okay, let's give a shout out, Ayla Hoffler. She lives in Banks, Oregon, and she says that she joined Parents' Rights in Education to safeguard local control of schools to parents. Parents' rights can only be protected by their right to elect school board members as lawful representatives in the district and community. If public schools lose their school boards, parents for sure will lose their authority in decision-making rights. Thank you, Ayla, for standing up for parents' rights and protecting students.
0: Do you love the work we are doing here at Parents' Rights in Education and want to know how you can become more involved? Become a member for free today. By becoming a member, you can connect with your local leadership, gain access to our free training, get advice, and stay up to date with the latest issues. Join today for free by visiting com slash join. That's parentsrightsineducation.com slash join.
1: So the AFL lawsuit against the Pine Richland School District highlights the arrogance of bureaucrats at the district level. What we are seeing in Oregon at the state legislative level is doing the same exact thing, but We've got them running scared. When we're testifying against the leftist policies, we have to keep arguments simple and call them out for attacking parental rights. We cannot say it too much or too often. And as this issue heats up, our voices must be loud. Oregon Senate Bill 1583 prohibits all local school boards from choosing or restricting materials used in a school when the choice is discrimination. Guys, they are claiming that not teaching all forms of sexuality, gender identity, and critical race theory is discrimination. Oh, this is nuts! The bill language identifies discrimination as protection of civil rights, including sexual orientation. The claim is the proposed law prohibits discrimination when selecting textbooks, instructional materials, program materials, or library books that are used in Oregon public schools. In their bogus attempt to defend an individual civil right, Lawmakers have completely ignored the civil rights of parents and families, including religious preferences. So public schools are for everyone. At least that's what we always thought, didn't we? They say they want to protect democracy, but we are not a democracy. Actually, this country is a representative republic and as such requires giving a voice to the minority. What they want to do is restrict local communities from directing the education of their children. This Oregon bill ignores federal Supreme Court rulings protecting parents' rights to direct the education of their children. Moore versus East Cleveland in 1977 stated Our decisions establish that the Constitution protects the sanctity of the family, precisely because the institution of the family is deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. It is through the family that we inculcate and pass down many of our most cherished values, moral and cultural. In the year 2000, Troxell versus Granville, our constitution long ago, rejected any notion that a child is a mere creature of the state, and on the contrary, asserted that parents have the right, coupled with the high duty, to recognize and prepare their children for additional obligations. So guys, (laughs) Oregon legislators, they don't want voters to have a say either. They don't even want voters to have a say on this decision. Senate Bill 1583 declares an emergency, which has become protocol for every piece of legislation coming from this administration. Now, once passed by the legislature and signed by Governor Tina Kotek, voters cannot override the law by initiative. Okay, that's just another trick to stop citizens from defending their rights. Wild, isn't it? They want to cut parents out, completely out of public education. We know it, and so do they. We know the Oregon governor is the superintendent of public instruction. Now that was changed. We used to elect our superintendent of public instruction. That was a separate individual. Not now. It's one and the same. The governor is the superintendent. And she appoints the director of the Oregon Department of Education and all seven board members. (laughs) How's that for a cabal? It is clear their goal is to neuter the local school board, preventing them from listening to citizens and incorporating their role as representatives of the community. Period. They want the state legislature and the Department of Education to have complete and total control over K through 12 public education. And I will bet you a milkshake, (laughs) every one of you, (laughs) that eventually they will try to eliminate the school board. So I'm saying this, it's just wrong, plain wrong. It is a draconian attempt to force school districts to use any and all materials That the state wants not what the community chooses and by prohibiting all local school boards from choosing or restricting materials they are eliminating parental choice and that's just wrong we have a great guest today looking forward to introducing her
0: hey parents and allies here at parents rights in education it requires us to all do our part in protecting our children's education That's why we created Club 12 by 12. For just $12 a month, you can sign up to become a Club 12 by 12 member and help us continue our work on training, informing, and empowering parents and allies to stand up for their rights. Being a Club 12 by 12 member gets you access to our exclusive monthly trainings, swag such as hats, t-shirts, buttons, a monthly newsletter, and more. But most importantly, being a Club 12 by 12 member means you are doing your part to protect parents' rights for one more day. To become a club 12 by 12 member, visit our website, Parents Rights in and click Club 12 by 12. That's Parents Rights in Click Club 12 by 12.
1: Hey, everybody, we have a terrific guest today. I want to introduce you to Aubrey. Now, Aubrey is 23 years old, and she got involved with Parents Rights in Education because she wants to be a mom someday, and she knows that this is an issue worth fighting for. She's also involved with local politics and campaigns. Welcome, Aubrey. Thanks for joining me.
2: Hi, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Absolutely. So let's start with the most obvious question of the day for you. Why in the world is K-12 public education an important issue to you? You're After all, you're 25, you're still single, kicking up your
0: heels.
2: (laughs) Well, um, like you said, I want to be a mom. And so I'm looking ahead to the future and... It wasn't that long ago that I was in K-12 through 12 education myself. I just graduated high school in 2019. And um, I was even noticing some of this type of stuff when I was in school towards my exit. And then when I got into college, you know, that's the ground game for this stuff. And it's it's huge there. And, and throughout my time in college, I was really recognizing how this stuff was filtering down into high schools and now elementary schools. And so then I really became concerned. And that's how I got involved with Parents Vice and Education and really got invested in this issue.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So just, you know, your past experience and you could see the train coming down the tracks. Now,
2: are you concerned a little bit about your future? Yeah. I mean, like, like every, everybody currently, um, I think there's a real, weight on young people today, uh, if you ask the average young person, half of their paycheck is automatically going to go towards rent. And so, so it, there's economic things to consider. And at the same time, you know, we're really getting this messaging within this stuff in public education, and everything that's kind of anti-human and negative. You know, you have the climate chained mm. activists who say, you know, you shouldn't have children because, because think of all of the implications it'll have on the planet. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah. That's anyway. pretty
1: heavy for somebody in your age group that, you know, you want to be married and you want to have a family and, and live what we would consider, a you know, a normal fulfilled life.
2: Exactly. So th- there's really this negative messaging towards people and, and to make yourself smaller and, you know, think of all the resources, you know, you're, you're taking up. It's, it's getting, it goes back to this anti-human kind of thinking. And, and that's really the dangers of this stuff is because you're teaching so, so many young kids to, to shelter themselves. And, and it's this really interpol connection of all this stuff. You know, you have the Marxism in the schools that are happening now and you're, and that's kind of where my interest, because I was hearing these words, privilege, hierarchy, disparity fair share and you know when you hear that stuff you know where that stuff comes from it's classical marxism we you know we've seen it before and now they're reintroducing it and they've found some way as they always tend to do is to repackage it in this nice little bow present it as something you know this is like a new thing but we know it's not it's the same old tactics that they're just rebranding and you know updating for this this generation's you know culture essentially
1: yeah, right. So, Aubrey, you know, based on um, your interaction with parents' rights in education, what do you think um, is the single most troubling problem with K-12 public education that you've discovered so far?
2: It really is. There's been an abdication of responsibility by departments of education, by schools, by teachers. And the priority has shifted. I, you know, from talking to a lot of parents, everyone just has this assumption, like, oh, you know, K through twelve education is preparing our kids for the next thing. They're learning the basic basic skills: reading, writing, math, critical thinking. But we're but we're finding out is that they're not really concerned about that at all. You know, you have a majority of kids in K through twelve. Chicago schools aren't proficient in math, reading, and writing, but they have all this time to implement you know, critical race theory and and courses that that show this type of stuff in there that have no place being in K through 12 schools. And so, you know, it just shows there's a priorities have shifted. They they're not concerned Mm -hmm. about preparing kids for this stuff. And they're more concerned about making them activists.
1: Right. Yeah. Activists. Absolutely. And uh, you know, young people, do you think they have the capability to discern, uh, you know, between one agenda and another when they're eight years old?
2: No, sir, sir, certainly not. Um, but that's another thing, too, is, is we're just not teaching kids history. I mean, like we said, is these are not new ideas. These are very old. And we've seen what's happened when they've been implemented mm-hmm. on a large scale. And kids aren't being taught about them in a historical perspective. Uh-huh. They're being pushed towards it. And it, it really is, you know, they don't get a very unbiased perspective of it.
1: So, Aubrey, are you optimistic about the future of K-12 through public schools and education in general?
2: I am optimistic. I'm seeing really, really good trends coming out, number one, from parents. There's been a resurgence of parents getting involved. I, Like we said, I think the assumption was, oh, the schools are taking care of all. They're teaching my kids the basic skills they're going to need to be successful in life. Once parents started recognizing that wasn't the case, they became very involved. They started reviewing curriculum. I know there was an uptick in we know, COVID really gave us a unique opportunity. Parents actually took the time to sit down with their kids and actually do the homework with them or reviewing the lesson while their child was reviewing it. So they got to see it firsthand. So there's been definitely a an uptick in involvement. Uh, I know that there's a strong presence of parents at school board meetings. We've seen parents are really starting to get involved. They're taking notice and they're taking those steps. Um, mm-hmm. there's also just general pushback, I think on critical race theory, uh, some of these ideologies that they're pushing in the school, there's pushback by parents and then on a larger scale, cause everything they're pushing in schools, isn't solely confined. It's also being pushed by, you know, big corporations and, and, and things of that nature. It's in work culture. So, so it's all coming down at once. So there's really been just a general pushback on all these things.
1: Okay. Okay. So do do you think that the parents are uh, becoming wise to all of that and being able to recognize uh, the signs, uh, the lingo, you know, that's half the battle is really understanding uh, who the source is and what their goal is. What do you think the goal is of uh, the left um, agenda that we're seeing saturating our public schools today?
2: The goal is, I think in a way, it's a distraction. We're teaching young people to solely focus on the self to, to, you know, there's a big, the big uh, push to explore your identity. And we're really robbing kids of understanding that fulfillment doesn't come from the self. It comes from looking outside and, and working with other people and essentially taking the ego out of it. We're so focused on ego and, and teaching kids, you know, they need to find out who they are. Well, you don't do that by just, you know, insulate, insulating yourself and, and doing that. It is through interaction and working with other people. And and so really that's the biggest thing is it, it's a distraction in a way. Distraction in a way so that everyone's just focused on themselves and not looking at the big picture.
1: Yeah, they are very self-centered, aren't they? I, I remember when I was growing up, there was a term that that was a very negative term, and it was called conceit. Um, so, as young people, we would say, "Well, I think that person is conceited." In other words, we didn't we we had a dim view of uh, our peers who were completely uh, focused on themselves. Uh, they, w- they felt like they were the center of the universe and everything seemed to revolve around them. Right. But now the school systems, the public school bureaucracy is telling students to do just that, to consider themselves to be the center of the universe. Right. And th- that doesn't um, prepare young people for the realities of life. Because I don't know about you, but when I meet someone like that, I'm really not very interested in them. I certainly wouldn't hire them.
2: Right. And that's, you know, that's what we're finding. And again, I think an important point thing to note is it's not the real self either. It's it's all the, it's gender, it's sexuality. It's things that when you look at a person, they're, they are not the most important thing about someone. And, and, oh, and so mm-hmm. we're teaching kids to, to base themselves off these, these premises that maybe while important, they're not the most important thing who you're attracted to does not dictate a majority of your life and how your life is going to turn out. And and we're really lying to kids about saying, Oh, if you figure this out, if you just know your true, your true self, then when you get out there, you'll be successful. And you tell people who you are, um, Again it goes back to like what you're saying is is that's not all there is to it. There's so much more out there. And uh and again it goes back to that priority shift. Education seems to be too concerned about adapting child's a child's identity when it's not their place. That's not the environment or the place to do it. And right. and um and they're not preparing. Them. They're not teaching them how to critically think and to look at an argument and dissect and why do you think what you think? That's what schools for.
1: Uh, my last question to you is: What advice can you give to our audience regarding their involvement in public policy at the local level? Do you think that is the right approach? Does, based upon uh, your experience with our organization, and and you talk to a lot of our parents, a lot of our um, affiliates, what do you what do you think? What's your opinion about that?
2: a hundred percent, nothing's going to change unless you get involved and you can't wait for someone else to do it. No one is going to fight for your kids like you will as a parent. So you need to take that responsibility, responsibility and obligation. I'd say I like to use those two words together because I think that's what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, You'd be surprised at how many people feel alone. I understand that our stance on this isn't necessarily the popular one, but people would be surprised at how much, you know, just going to a school board meeting and sharing your thoughts, you'll find people who agree with you. And even if it's not 100%, they'll respect what you have to say, they'll recognize what you're trying to accomplish, and if they support you, they'll want to work with you. We've seen that with parents' rights, and, um, you know, there, there's no downside to doing it, Really? If you feel strongly about this issue, I highly recommend you get involved in the local school board and local community meetings is the best place to start.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Aubrey. Yes, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To keep up with everything we're doing, check out our website, parentsrightsandeducation.com and sign up for our newsletter. You can also join our movement for free by visiting our website, parentsrightsandeducation.com. To do your part in protecting parents' rights, you can become a club 12 by 12 member by donating $12 a month. It takes all of us to make the change that we want to see. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.